Welcome to episode 21 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Rilly, and I'm here with Jerry Burris. What's Jared, up? Jared, tonight's going to be a pretty interesting night. This is either really going to sink or swim. Um, Probably going to sink our uh, Wi-Fi networks, is my guess. It, it very well. Well, almost did last night. Um, so tonight, I will be live podcasting a draft. Uh We'll see how it goes. It's my hometown draft that I have tonight. Uh, this is leagues probably about 10 years in the making. I'm the commissioner, uh, so I'm going to be trying to juggle, uh, wear two hats here, be not only a podcaster, a co-host of a podcast, but also try to draft out of the seventh slot of this PPR league. So uh, bear with us, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to get some good fantasy content out of this. Uh, but before we get into that, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook at Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us emails, tell me how good my draft was because it's going to be fantastic. Uh, NEGpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, like us, rate us. Make sure you listen to all the episodes. They are conveniently found on your iPod or iPod, what the hell? On your iPhone. There we go, much better. And of course, on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com, your one-stop shop for all things IDP, Fantasy Football, Dynasty Football, Redraft, Daily, yada yada, etc., etc. Uh, Jared, I think, do you play um, Daily Football at all? Like I mess the, around the with it, yeah, every once in a while I mess around with DraftKings. Um, I've actually, we have a, a league at my work. We'll have like four or five guys, and we'll all right. go into one league, and we'll do either winner take all. If we get like six or seven, we'll do you know top two. But yeah, I don't know how much you mess around with it. But you've got how many leagues are you in right now? So redraft. so in redraft, I'm in four leagues, and in um, dynasty, I'm in three leagues, and also. I run a daily league with, with DraftKings. I have about five of us. We put down $5 a week, winner takes all, and then at the end of the year we figure out the money. So I, I have a lot invested in fantasy football, and I tell my wife that this is pretty much a part-time job for me, and the better I do, the better her Christmas presents were. A couple years ago I won <laughs> I won like three leagues a couple years ago or two leagues, and she got an iPad, and last year I didn't win any leagues, and she got like a bag of chips. So um, – her presence really depend on how well I do. And uh, last year, I got a second place and I think a third place. So no championships, unfortunately. But uh, the reason why I asked you about daily football is because I'll actually, every Friday, be publishing an article at DynastyFootballWarehouse.com about the bargains that you can find in DFS, so which is DraftKings and uh, Draft Street, I think the other one is called. So uh, be sure to keep an eye out on that. But... Like I mentioned, I do have the seventh pick in this draft coming up. It starts in just under four minutes. So 12-team PPR, you start a QB, running back, running back, wide out, wide out, wide out, tight end, and then a one, uh, running back, wide out, or tight end as your flex, along with the kicker and defense, obviously. So out of the seventh slot, I'm really not too sure where I want to go with it. I could go running back, could go wide receiver. Um, Jer, if you were in my position, where, where, where do you think you'd go at seven? I'm trying to think back to our draft, and seven, I believe, was still, really, I think it was wide receiver. And that, or that may have been the infamous Adrian Peterson uh, pickup where... Close, you know, <laughs> close. Eight, I wouldn't go back. I didn't go back and g- g- look at my notes here, but... I think I'm actually looking at it right now, and uh, AP went six. So you went close. six? It was, okay. it was Zeke, Zeke went seven. So that's three running backs off the board, um, and... We didn't have a quarterback till you took Rodgers went third round. I took him third round, but Cam Newton went before him uh, about uh, two picks before me. So okay, so yeah, it was pretty yeah. close. Well, I think you're probably going to be able to get. Gosh, DeAndre Hopkins will still be around. You're probably yeah. going to get your pick. The, the Adrian Peterson pick now is is kind of touchy. Um, 
you know what's funny? So I took a look at that because right now I am deciding between DeAndre Hopkins, um, maybe A.J. Green. I took him nine last night, and, and Adrian Peterson. He's the third player I'm looking at. And I'm looking at his numbers. So obviously with the Teddy Bridgewater injury, we found out yesterday that Teddy Bridgewater absolutely destroyed his knee, tore his ACL, dislocated his kneecap. Uh, I read that the team doctor, because he acted so quickly and acted correctly, that he saved Teddy Bridgewater's knee, which is pretty wild that – he almost had to lose his leg after a non-contact injury. But so I took a look at Adrian Peterson last time he had a terrible quarterback. And in well, he's had a few terrible quarterbacks. Yeah, but so in, he's had a few. But in 2012, okay, so his, his best year as a pro, he had 348 rushes for 2,097 yards. His quarterback that year is Christian Ponder. So those are the Ponder years, weren't they? Right. So is Adrian Peterson quarterback proof? Is he going to dominate no matter what? I mean, he is 31 now. So, obviously, back in 2012, he was 27. He's got, since then, over 500 carries to his name. Obviously, 2014, he had that season where he missed uh, all but one game because of the sun issue. But the question is, do you feel comfortable with Adrian Peterson with Sean Hill under center, or maybe they bring in Matt Castle, or maybe they bring in some other Joe Schmoe? <laughs> Josh <street>. McCown. <laughs> <laughs> they got to give up a third-round pick for Josh McCown, though. I, I could see McCown going there. But either way, you're not going to have a quarterback that is as reliable as Teddy Bridgewater. So does Adrian Peterson slide down the draft boards? Is he still worth a mid-first-round pick? Or are you now looking at a late first, early second? So well, that's kind of well, the if I could get him at, at eleven or twelve, I'm ecstatic yeah. if I'm in that spot. But right. you're kind of in that no man's land in between right now, where if he slides to you, you really got to think about it. You, and it, um, the way that Brock Osweiler's been playing in Houston right now, and the talent they're showing outside, like DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's moved up a little bit on my draft board. You know, yeah. if, we, if we were to go back now and, and redraft our league, I would strongly consider him a top five pick now. Sure, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, in our draft, we had uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, David Johnson, top five. Yep. So DeAndre Hopkins is a much more proven commodity than David Johnson, so I think that would be a pretty good pick there. You're right. Not bad. All right, so we got 15 seconds till this draft starts, so it'll be really interesting to see how this works out. This is a draft that's really funny. Again, it's my hometown, guys. There's one guy who's he's picking third. He's actually in Turkey right now. He moved over to Turkey, moved for a girl. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great time to move to Turkey, right? So um, a lot of people make very interesting picks here. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Gronk will get picked in the top five because this is a new england draft okay david johnson just went first so (laughs) (laughs) things have heated up i told you wow so this is interesting so david johnson goes first over julio jones over antonio brown and my my mind is blown and right now my buddy joe is actually facetiming me um and (laughs) and he's just yeah joe we're not sure what the hell that that was um Do you, do you hear that, Jer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jill, how are you? Welcome this to Never the Glory Podcast. Pick I've ever seen in my entire life. This is why he sucks at fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that Perfect. <is> so <laughs> yeah. Um, David Johnson, number one overall. I, I am flabbergasted by that and right now. Antonio overrated. Okay, then pick Julio or Beckham, idiot. <laughs> so Antonio <laughs> Antonio Brown just went second. Um, lots of lots of shots fired so far early on in. Um, in this draft, I'm 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 flustered, and like I said, it's it's 
hopefully this is going to be uh, not a sync thing, but uh, ugh, live reaction. Jesus. So. Okay, we'll go back to your show. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. So that was a I great. That was a great live look from our friend uh, Joe, who's the CFO of the Pawtucket Red Sox. So if you ever want to check out a great uh, division or AAA baseball game, hit up Joe Goldberg. So Odell Beckham goes third. Um, You know, with Odell Beckham versus Julio Jones, it's really pick your poison. They're both studs. They're both going to put up big points. Obviously, Julio Jones is more of a possession receiver, whereas Odell Beckham's more of the big play touchdown guy. Um, wow, this is this is actually shaping up really well for me because Ezekiel Elliott just went fourth. Oh so, my god! Antonio Brown's going to slip to five or less. Well, Antonio Brown's gone. No, he, I'm so, oh yeah, he went second. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, so oh, Julio Julio Jones. Right now, I'm looking at Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, or DeAndre Hopkins, and Todd Gurley just went. So it comes down to Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, or Adrian Peterson. Uh, I'm surprised that Gronk hasn't gone yet. He's he's Gronk. This is the New England League. Um, this is this will be interesting, but the guy who's picking, I'm like 99 sure he's going to take Julio Jones, and he's yeah. taking 20 seconds, and he just did. So I'm on the clock now. It's between DeAndre Hopkins. Here's my only concern with taking DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. If I take him in the first round, then what running backs are going to be there for me in the second round? You it, could come back around and see maybe a Doug Martin, maybe. Right. So what's the what's the better combo, Doug Martin and DeAndre Hopkins? Or Adrian Peterson and say Brandon Marshall. Uh, Brandon Marshall. Will, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell on Brandon Marshall this year, putting up the numbers he had last year. I'm okay. gonna say DeAndre Hopkins is going to see single recover singled up coverage this year because of the guys around him and right. the run game that goes with it. If you're okay. gonna if you're gonna make me, you know, put the gun to my head, I'm gonna take DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I just put the gun to your head and I took DeAndre Hopkins. So Good we'll see pick. how it works out. <laughs> we'll see how it works out. But until we get to my second pick, obviously we just had preseason game three. Uh, Browns, how they look? How, Browns how do you feel about the, the Browns? Bucks. Well, um, it took them three days of practice to get acclimated to the weather. I believe that the heat index was at, at 105 during the day practices. So you should have seen this air-conditioned tent they had to build for our uh, <laughs> pussy Cleveland Brown fan, uh, players on the field just to escape the heat. But they didn't play well. Let's just leave it at that. They didn't play well. Um, and then everybody got cut. So what else do <laughs> you want me to say? This Brown team is not good. It's not going to be good. Browns fans need to quit calling into radio stations and trying to explain what's happening. Everyone knows they're not good. Okay? Right. We saw what happened. And, you know, what inter- what's really going to be interesting is game four, like Hugh Jackson's already talked about playing these starters. He's going to play the starters in game four, Jeez. which doesn't happen on any team worth of a dime. Right. So you're going to see all of our first team guys, minus Joe Thomas, of course. <laughs> but the one sacred goat, sacred cow. I mean, if, if you want to highlight a few takeaways from the game, it was great to see Josh Gordon on the field. It really was. And, you, and he actually had a couple moments where you go, holy shit, that's, that's the guy we remember. Like right. with the breakout season. Um, yeah, you know, you had like a 50 yard touchdown, um, where he just blew past his man, stacked him and it, the, the guy had no chance. Uh, I forget the corner he was on, but it was, it was great to see that. Um, RG three, he's kind of just like that peanut butter sandwich that your mom packs you every day for lunch. <laughs> like it's just, there's nothing there. It's that special. Yeah. Um, 
Now, but don't you think that maybe they really just aren't showing everything right now? Or do you really think that that RG3 is playing his to the highest capability he can play? He's not playing. Well, A, his ceiling isn't that high. So, but I do right. believe your first part of what you said is, is correct. I don't think they're showing everything that they have. I think they're going to be the, one of the more gimmicky offenses in the league. Right. And it's because they have to due to talent issues. You know, say what you will about Corey Coleman and his skills as a true rookie. He's still a rookie, and he's got to get off of uh, the AFC North defense, which is mm-hmm. very much based on man coverage and bringing a lot of pressure. Um, that that's going to be rough going for him. You know, the guy, the the true veteran guys that we're relying on are a guy named Gary Barnage and yeah. uh, Isaiah Crowell. Like, and I don't see that being a great offense. Right. Um, it's not dynamic. That's it's not a dynamic offense, but you know, if you could, if you do want to flip it the other way and say, okay, let's put every starting wide receiver out there on the board, and you say, we got um, Josh Gordon on one side, Corey Coleman on the other. You got Andrew Hawkins in the slot, and then you've got a healthy crop of, of rookies who you know haven't really shown a ton, but there is some talent there. I think uh, Rashard Higgins is going to be okay. Uh, I think he needs another year of seasoning, maybe two, before he really develops. But wide receiver four, big deal. We're not going to be in four receiver sets all the time. And then you got you got the wild card. You got Pryor, um, who's just a matchup issue. If he makes a team, he will play. They're not going to you know keep him in stash, and he's not a special teams player. So that's yeah. five interesting guys, and pair that with Duke Johnson. Like on paper, that's not a terrible offense. Right. You have to go back to the source, <laughs> the source of where all this. <laughs> this shit comes from and it's it's rg3 it's still rg3 yeah and you know it looks like it should be a dynamic offense and i think it has the potential to be a dynamic offense if if rg3 can get back to being the player he was three years ago as a rookie or four years ago as a rookie obviously his game has to change a little bit so he stays upright but it's going to be the issue the 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 protection's bad it is really bad Right. If you're relying on guys like Austin Pastor at right tackle and Cam Irving is got moved to uh, center, so essentially he's starting from scratch this year, almost as a rookie again, and, mm-hmm. and, and aging Joe Thomas. I mean, there's rumors already of people thinking, you know, what can we get for Joe Thomas midseason when somebody's right. left tackle goes down? I mean, if, well, you, can't you, protect, if you can't protect uh, RG3, I don't, I don't see him surviving the year. I'll, I'll tell you what, the Patriots could use a tackle right now, Sebastian Vollmer on the IR. Correct. So, um, hey, give, give Bob Kraft, uh, Bill Belichick, give, give Cleveland a call because Do I would love to like, have. Do you feel like after this Mingo trade that, <laughs> that the Patriots are kind of treating Cleveland like a triple-A team like you just described? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we we got Jabal Sheardin. Um, obviously, Belichick came from Cleveland at one point. Um, who else? Who else did we get from Cleveland? That was oh, there's been a handful of guys. Yeah, like there's really uh, Ninkovich was in no Ninkovich was in no. uh, Pittsburgh. Um, oh, real quick, I'm back on the clock, and so I do have Eddie Lacy, Doug Martin, Lashawn McCoy, De- Devontae Freeman staring at me in the face. Uh, you know, I took De- DeAndre Hopkins in the first round, so I really feel like I need to get a solid running back here. I could go, if I wanted to go wide receiver, wide receiver, I could go Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Alshon Jeffrey. They're all available, but I really don't wow. like that idea. I did that last year, and I got lucky, and I picked up Deion Lewis with literally the last pick in my draft, and he was my RB1 for the first seven months or seven weeks of the year. So I really don't want to hamstring myself, and I got 45 seconds here, so... Between Eddie Lacy, Doug Martin, and Devontae Freeman, what who do you like best out of that trio? 
I, I'm an Eddie Lacy believer this year. We talked about it, you know, a couple episodes ago. Um, but Devontae Freeman is sitting right there. That's that's not a bad right. pickup either. Right. I think I trust your judgment. Yeah, this is going against. Uh, I don't want to say it's going against my better judgment, but I really think Devontae Freeman is going to have a down year. Not a down year, but just not a bounce back year. I think Eddie Lacy will have a bounce back year, so I'm going Eddie Lacy here. P90X, baby. <laughs> I just think that, that that offense is so wide open now that Jordy Nelson's back. It came out yes. that remember when Randall Cobb last year in preseason hurt his shoulder, dislocated, I believe. He dislocated like literally the, the night after I drafted him, which really sucked. But he it seems like maybe he wasn't healthy all year. So you have two dynamic players coming back of that offense. Eddie Lacy now has obviously lost a few pounds. So Fingers crossed he can be my RB1 again because if that offense, if they're spreading out again and Eddie Lacy's facing a soft defensive front, he's back to scoring double-digit touchdowns and rushing for over 1,000 yards. But I will say, I mean, Devontae Freeman is intriguing there. I just, I, I'm nervous that, remember that year, I think it was 2008 when D'Angelo Williams had like 17 touchdowns and 13 yards, or 1,300 yards rushing? Mm-hmm. I'm just petrified that Devontae Freeman is going to do the same exact thing and that Tevin Coleman's going to have – well, I'm sorry. And the reason why I say this is then the next year he rushed like 1,000 yards and like six touchdowns. And I really don't want to see that from my second-round pick. So I wouldn't be shocked if Devontae Freeman did that again or pretty much replicated what D'Angelo Williams' two years looked like. And, and D'Angelo was really never the same player again. So that's, I guess, really my only concern – with taking Devontae Freeman early, but it really came down to Eddie Lacy versus Doug Martin. And Doug Martin got paid, Eddie Lacy's trying to get paid, and that's kind of the difference the difference maker for me. So yeah, flip the coin. Uh, that's definitely flip something that should not be overlooked when it comes to running back is who's in the contract year, who's making themselves better, you know, in the offseason, you know, we can talk about P90 actually won't, but he actually did make himself better, so he will be more available on third down and be a, th- a true three down back for the right. uh, Packers. But so, of these second round guys that your league uh, has been drafting, what's the what's the biggest reach so far? You think? So so far in the second round, let's see here. We've had the the first pick in the second round was like Brandon Marshall. Then Le'Veon Bell was a second pick in the second round, and I don't think that's a terrible pick. No, I don't either. Because you just got to, but the thing is, you got to make sure you get D'Angelo Williams in the seventh round. And I, I last night in my other draft, I actually sniped a guy who picked Le'Veon Bell. I picked D'Angelo Williams in the seventh round, and it was great. So now I got three weeks of production of uh, three weeks of RB one production, and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but I think probably the biggest reach, I don't want to call this a reach, but I'm 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 nervous about Des Bryant with Dak Prescott at quarterback. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so so Dez went third in the second round. Tony Romo's Whoa. out eight to ten weeks with a broken bone in his back, and De- and Dak Prescott's look great in preseason. Well, I think yeah. Wait, let me let me flip that and kind of justify the pick here because reading some articles and, and you know I watch a lot of college ball and, and mm-hmm. you know our buddy Mark gets on gets on us for you know that's not football that's not football <laughs> like, camera option in the NFL well. Nobody's running the the Nebraska Cornhuskers Eric Crouch style option, right? But right. options a funny word. The <laughs> Cowboys are doing some really interesting stuff with their run pass reads, and Dak Prescott comes from that, you know, from um, um, Mullen down in uh, Michigan, or I'm sorry, Mississippi State. They're doing some interesting stuff that gets Des Bryant singled up, and if Des Bryant singled up on a corner on an island is something that any quarterback in the NFL should be drooling over. 
Right. So I'm not going to say that Des Bryant's a bad pickup if you've got uh, Dak Prescott. Now, but also too, Zeke ran ran a similar offense, right? Yes. In yeah. Ohio State. So that's so you have Dak Prescott and Zeke running the option. I mean, maybe that's you know not a match made in heaven, but that's that's a pretty interesting wrinkle that Dallas is throwing and, in there. Yeah, and Dak Prescott's no slouch at being an athlete. I mean, he's not the same kind of athlete that Tim Tebow is being a baseball player, but oh. he's he's. <laughs> Tell me you've seen these videos. Oh, the, you mean his highlight video uh, from his tryout where he was missing pitches? This guy's, he, a, this guy's he's a, that bad and missing the ball, and he, that's in his highlights. How is he not on the Team USA rugby team? They, I mean, they placed ninth. He could have been on that team, and they would have been a gold medal winner, right? Sir, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, but Dak Prescott, I think, is is going to be serviceable for a week or two. You know, if, yeah. if a team gets some tape on him and sees him in full games. Obviously, they could pick it up and, and pare it right. down. They'll right. have to be a little more creative, but um, I, I don't hate that pick. That's, I, I can justify that one. Well, well. so you asked me for the biggest reach in the second round, and at the time, the second round wasn't over yet, but the second round just finished up, and we saw the biggest reach. Uh, Dante Moncrief going – Oh. Yeah, before T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Ooh. Moncrief was the 11th pick in the second round, and T.Y. Hilton was the last pick in the second round. So that was intriguing. Uh, the guy that picked him, my buddy Dennis, he also picked Kyle Rudolph in like the third round two years ago. So he makes some very <laughs> interesting picks. Um, I'm a little baffled by that one, but you know we'll see. Cam Newton then went at the top of the third round. So I'm looking at my third round pick right now. Uh, I got five more picks until my turn and I have my running back. I have my wide receiver and I have been targeting in the third round, Aaron Rodgers. I took him in our draft. I took him in a draft last night and I could go Aaron Rodgers here again, depending on where the picks go. Carlos Hyde just went to the guy who picked Dante Moncrief. So maybe a little early for Carlos Hyde, but he is a big 49ers fan. So um, thoughts and prayers oh, to your season. I love, I love when you're with, a fan in your league. <laughs> yeah. I love fans. Right. I was in yeah. a league last year with a Miami Dolphins fan and um good season with Mar Miller. That was that was good good on you. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say, I was um you know, every year I'm I'm there with Cleveland Browns fans and some Brown gets drafted at least two rounds too early. I think this year it was I wanna say probably Josh Gordon. I think he got drafted in like the fifth round when he should have been probably a seventh or eighth round pick. Um but yeah, Carlos Hyde. Okay, well, that's that's fine. That's, so, that's fine. I, you know what I love? I love when there's guys that I'm not targeting go off the board because it doesn't mess with my strategy whatsoever. It's like last night, your boy Thomas Rawls went off early. Um, I saw Latavius Murray go off early, and I'm just sitting there. It's like this is great. Just put more. Doug Baldwin went off early. It was uh, Aaron Rodgers just went. So there goes that. Um, so are you still going quarterback here? No, no. The only two quarterbacks I'd want to get in the third round are Rodgers or Cam, and they're both gone now. So I this is interesting. I could look at – so I got DeAndre Hopkins. I have Eddie Lacy. Um, best available wide receiver is probably going to be Alshon Jeffrey. I could go with him, who's also – he's in a contract year. Doug Martin's available still, which is surprising. LaShawn McCoy's available. Jamal Charles, which is that, – that's a little scary because of that knee injury, and they're also saying that he could be part of a committee early on in the season. Um, and Doug Martin just went. So this will be interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to go Alshon Jeffrey here and hope that he can stay healthy and, and so he'll get paid this year. Um, 
LaShawn McCoy is always just, he's that player that's going to give you acid reflux because he's always going to have that little Q next to his name. Is he going to play? Who knows? But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of having uh, LaShawn McCoy on my but team. You know what? The, the Bills have nobody behind him right now. Right. They have absolutely nobody. They, right now, the backup running backs, Mike Gisley or something like that, and Reggie Bush. Gillisley. So, Gillisley. There yeah. you go. I, I was going to say Giselle, but I knew that was <laughs> Out of Florida. Yeah, but here's the thing. You know, last night when I was drafting, I took so many running backs late, so I think I really want to shore up my wide receivers here. And if Alshon Jeffrey falls to me, I could take either Alshon Jeffrey or Demarius Thomas. But the quarterback situation, again, I've always said this, and I'm going to keep on preaching it. The quarterback situation was pretty bad last year in Denver, and I don't think it's going to be much more worse this year. So I'm looking at Alshon or Demarius Thomas. I think that's my pick. I don't like Sammy Watkins. They really do not throw the ball enough in Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor had the least amount of pass attempts for a starting quarterback. Um, and Alshon Jeffrey went, son of a bitch. I'm <laughs> the decision killed. is made. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'll go Demarius. I mean, I'm happy going Demarius Thomas here. It's just uh, I've been sniped twice so far in this draft, which it happens. But that's why instead of saying I'm going to take this player, you say I'm going to take a player on this tier. So, um, starting off so far, Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Eddie Lacy, two receivers that are going to flirt with over 100 catches. PPR league, that's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah, definitely. And then Eddie Lacy, again, goal line back. Hopefully he's going to rush for over 1,000 yards again. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about him. you got to remember, the, the Packers released Jeff Kuhn, so you're not going to have – John Kuhn. You know, I'm sorry, John Kuhn. John right. Kuhn sniping those, those two-yard right. carries right at the goal line. Right, right. So – so the only Patriots that have gone so far in this draft is Rob Gronkowski. And the next Pat we'll see is probably Tom Brady. He'll get drafted too early in this in this draft, probably around the fifth round when I don't want to touch him until the sixth or seventh. But now that we're talking about the Patriots, I want to talk about one thing that really bothered me from the week three preseason game against Carolina. Obviously, Carolina has a great defense. Jimmy Garoppolo played a ton against the ones and – he did come out for a series, and Tom Brady came in because they want to get Tom Brady live reps. And I didn't love that, but you have to appease Tom Brady. He, it's his team. If he wants to play, he's going to play. Now, after, though, Jer, Boston media wouldn't shut up about how Jimmy Garoppolo looked like crap against the Carolina ones. He just didn't look poised in the pocket. He was His feet were moving too much. His... He just wasn't throwing a good ball. And I saw some of the game. Did he look great? No. But did he look terrible? No. And then they're saying that rookie Jacoby Brissett should be starting over Jimmy Garoppolo because he went 9-for-9 nine nine and looked poised in the pocket against the scrubs. You're a coach. Okay? Tell me, it's not realistic to expect Jimmy Garoppolo to look good against one of the best defenses in the league. Am I, am I right or am I crazy? Or is Boston media just trying to drum up conversation just to have conversation? i got to tell you, uh, Jacoby, you look pretty good. Uh, get the pants, huh? You know, he went in at the end of the game, he tore it up a bit. What is that? Is that supposed to be a Boston accent? Because it sounds like a mix of... Boston with like Fargo with no, that's not a Fargo accent. It's 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 not a Boston accent. Well, I haven't had enough pops yet. Okay, Jacoby Brissett going in at the end of the game is like putting in. Um, how do I give a good analogy here? When you're putting in your threes, you're not running your most dynamic blitzes. You're not running your most odd ball coverages. You know, combination man zone stuff. 
you're pretty much running your base stuff. And any quarterback that's in the NFL better be able to tear up a base defense. Um, I don't care what receivers are what you're with. You should be able to tell the difference between cover two and cover four. You should be able to know if they're in sky coverage or if they're in man under one one high. You know, things like that, the things that they've been doing since high school. So I'm not I'm not buying this Jacoby Brissett um, hype going on. Relax, Boston. Jimmy G is going to get you through four weeks. He's going to turn around, hand the ball off, and he's going to get the ball to Gronk. Like, and then we'll see you in week five in Cleveland with, with the man, the myth, the legend. Like, <laughs> for, forget this Jacoby stuff. It's just there's nothing else to talk about, right, when it comes to the, the Patriots. Deflate gate's so. over with. Thank God. There's nothing else to talk about. Right. So right. let's talk about the third string. You guys sound like the Browns. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I got to tell you, Max Kessler's tearing up a little bit out here. That's the whole point of this is, though, is, is the Boston media just really needs to just pump the brakes on this a little bit. Like you said, Jer, Jimmy's going to come in, play four games, hopefully win three. If you win, if you won four, I'd be flabbergasted. I expect him to win two. So if he wins three, I'm happy with that. And then, like you said, he's going to turn the, the keys over the car back to, to Papa Tom Brady there, and the the Patriots will hopefully go undefeated the rest of the way and win the Super Bowl yet again. So, um, it's a, so we, a little bit of an oversimplification of the season, but okay. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about this real quick. AFC, who scares you? Who who is a contender in the AFC other than the Patriots? Cleveland the Steelers. Browns? I mean, the, well, obviously the Browns. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think Denver still is legitimate with that defense. Yep. But. After that, I can't really name anybody outside of New England and, and Denver. Yeah, I think it's still those two are top dogs. Pittsburgh's good. I just don't know if they're a contender. Um, yeah. Cincinnati's not there, and you don't have to worry about the Ravens. You know, But there could be a shocker down in the AFC South. I, I really think that Jacksonville could win the South this year but not get out of the playoffs. Like, they could be a wild-card <laughs> team. They get, or get beat, they get beat by a wild-card team, but they sure. could win the South. AFC sure. South sucks. Let's get. Let's right. be serious. The Colts are not going to be that good this year. Um, it's really anyone's anyone's division. Yeah, and we're going to be talking a lot about that more. Uh, actually, over Labor Day, right? We're doing the Megapod. Megapod with Mark and Sean, and we'll talk about our favorite division winners and you know chances for uh, our picks for MVP and and highest fantasy scoring quarterback, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we'll dive into the different divisions and and who we see as our favorites coming out of each division and each conference to eventually play in the Super Bowl. But um, since that we were Labor talking Day, about, uh, oh, sorry, I was to say that Labor Day megapod, I might be like nine hot dogs and twenty five <laughs> beers deep when we do it. So just let you know. Okay, that's fine. You're going to be. Overly bloated with uh, lots of sodium and uh, a lot of water uh, water retention. Yeah. So that, that's fine. Hey, your boy Thomas Rawls just went forty fifth overall. So I, I, I don't like I don't like that he's been labeled my boy now. Oh, he's I hope your that boy. doesn't happen for like the rest of his career, which could be you know two weeks. Well, he's your boy for the rest of your podcast career. So which could also be two weeks, but hopefully not. Definitely. <laughs> um, so while we were talking about the Patriots and the Browns, I was able to snag Greg Olson with my fourth-round pick. So my squad right now looks like DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, Eddie Lacy, and Greg Olson. I, you know, I was thinking Andrew Luck here in the fourth round, but I, I think I have to go with the elite tight end. He's my number two tight end behind Rob Gronkowski. He's going to be he- oh, he's always as healthy. Knock on wood. He even with Kelvin Benjamin back, Olsen's Cam Newton's number one target. 
So I, I had him in a few leagues last year. I love having Olsen on my squad, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But I was looking at Andrew Luck, and I was thinking about maybe Drew Brees, but do you think I went the right route by going tight end Greg Olsen here? Well, anyone other than him and Gronk, I would have said take Luck. But with him showing up there, that's a great pickup. He is legitimately the number one target for them. Calvin Benjamin back does spread things out a little bit more, which just makes his life easier on the inside. I want to say something about Kelvin Benjamin real quick, and I read a really great article about him, and I actually thought about this his rookie year because I had him in a few leagues. I actually drafted him in our league late, really late, I think like eighth or ninth round, and it worked out for me because he scored a lot of points, but if you ever noticed his his game log, he scores a ton of garbage points. Five of his nine touchdowns okay, were in the fourth quarter when they're already down by 11 points or more. He was a garbage time king. So... I am fading away from Kelvin Benjamin a little bit this year. I love the big body, tall receiver. He he can he wins almost every jump ball. He's from Florida State, and I'm a, I'm a big Knowles fan. So I like Kelvin Benjamin as a fan, but from a fantasy standpoint, he's just one of those players where I feel like he disappears often. And also with Devin Funches growing up and or not growing up, but growing into a true wide receiver. And let's be real here: while Cam was the MVP last year. He, he's still not a great passer. I just feel like Kelvin Benjamin's value is, is a little bit higher than what I want to pay nowadays. And I'm curious to see how you feel about that. I mean, in our draft, let's see here. He went, he just went in my draft uh, early or late fourth round. In our draft, you know, coming off a torn ACL, I think he went in the fifth round. I'm just trying to double check that real quick here, but uh, I'm sorry, he went in the middle of the third round. So yeah, somebody picked him a little bit early. I think the fifth round's a, a really great spot. I, I kind of disagree with the whole uh, Cam Newton not being a great passer statement you just made. Um, you know, mechanically, is he is he traditional? No, not at all. But he gets it done. He, he's very very accurate in his deep ball passes. Um, I think Kelvin Benjamin makes up for a lot of the shortcomings that he has with his his throwing motions and, and things mm-hmm. he does because his catch range is so outrageous. Right. That's true. I mean, obviously, a big receiver really helps a, a quarterback who might misfire every now and again. Uh, and we also do have to remember, I guess, that Kelvin was a rookie that year, and he yeah. still put up over 1,000 yards and, and nine touchdowns. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. However coming off an ACL, hasn't played in over a year, could be rusty. I just think that maybe fifth round is a solid value for him, but if you take him any earlier than that and you're expecting wide receiver to value out the gate, you might be kind of screwing yourself over. So that's my thought process there. Um, So I'm five picks away. Like I said, I I really want to get a quarterback here. We have Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, all available. Those are all great. They are. Um, I'm thinking I'll probably be targeting Andrew Luck, though I am. I'll tell you what, his offensive line is going to get him killed. <laughs> I still don't understand why they the the um, Colts front office doesn't. I don't know, maybe draft an offensive lineman in the first round because you just paid Andrew Luck a, a trillion dollars to be your franchise quarterback, and if you have just a bunch of no names in front of him, he's going to get murdered. I don't, I don't care how good he is. He's going to get killed if he has nobody there protecting him. So I like Andrew Luck, but I am very nervous about him staying healthy. Obviously, last year was a bit of a, was a tough year for, for Andrew Luck owners. 
I think the guy, who'd you say is still available? Ben Roethlisberger, Russ Wilson, Luck, and who? And Breeze. Breeze. Yeah. All right. Is is Breeze fading? Like, is this is this kind of like his swan song year, or has he still got another one of those five thousand yard uh, seasons in him? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, they brought they obviously have Brandon Cooks. They lost Colston, which was his his binky for the past what eight years. <laughs> his binky. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Graham's gone. They replaced him with Kobe Fleener, who has struggled to get he struggled to get on the same page as Breeze in the preseason so far. Michael Thomas is a rookie. Willie Sneed, do we see his ceiling last year with 900 yards and like two or three touchdowns? I just, I don't know. I, I want to say that he can throw for 5,000 yards. The defense isn't going to be very good again, so they're going to need him to chuck the ball. I think he's got one more year of elite production out of him. Maybe a better fantasy player than a real player. Um, oh, I agree with that. Well, I think the yeah. team is not good enough to win the AFC South or NFC South. Right. Um, but he can still put up the stats that he needs to for True. fantasy hunters. Yep. To be honest, out of this group, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is not a bad pickup, but Russ Wilson, and I've seen him listed in some, you know, the the, the fantasy mags as a tier one quarterback, like the fifth sure. in a tier one. So if he's still available, you really have to consider Russ Wilson. Yeah, and also if, if your boy Thomas Rawls doesn't uh, – I love calling him your boy Thomas Rawls, by the way. That makes you so happy. Um, if he – if if they don't have a dominant running game like they have in the past three years during the, these Super Bowl runs, they're going to need to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And and obviously he gets done with his legs too. He's fast. He he's he'll get you a couple hundred yards and a couple couple touchdowns as well. Um, there's just, one there's thing. No tr- there's no true number one wide receiver on that team, and that's what scares me. No, the offense is based totally around Russell Wilson. Right, he really Which, does have the option to do whatever he wants. He does. He does. So I'm up next, and I literally none of the quarterbacks have gone since we started talking. Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, Jonathan Stewart, Jordan Matthews. All those guys are off the board. So There's one thing to consider, though, if you're going to take Russell Wilson. Okay, think about this. He's now back to being a man. He's had lots of sex. Yes. He went all the way to London to have sex with him. He might wife. be fatigued, though. It's true. Did you, did you see um, – I think it was like after after he got married, the paparazzi was following him, and and they're like, "Hey Russell, like how'd it go last night?" And he did the whole thing. Oh, it went good, man. It went real good. There's goes, no way it went good. It's gonna go good again tonight. It's gonna. It's like, come on, dude. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Give me a break. It it's was like, so corny. And and I, I because like, he's so corny, I wouldn't want him on my fantasy team. And he just got drafted, so oh, that thank God I don't have to take him. Um, it's like the one episode right. where Screech was dating Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm on the clock now. Okay, we got Latavius Murray, who I don't like, but he's the number one guy there, and it's the fifth round, so he'd actually be pretty good value here as an RB two. Andrew Luck, Demarco Murray, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. That's Pretty you think, much. You think all three of those guys will be gone by the time it gets back to you? So I'm taking a look at the people picking after me, and um, none of them have quarterbacks. So yeah, they're not going to be there. Right, they're not going to be there. And I just, I just zoomed out big time, so I can't see anything. Oh my god, this is terrible. I have 28 seconds left, and I can't read what's on the screen. This, I'm using my wife's computer, and it's Control minus and Control plus. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I, I think honestly, God, Breeze of Luck, Breeze of Luck, Breeze of Luck. 
I'm going to go Andrew Luck here. Better receivers. He's got three good receivers um, with T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief, and potentially Philip Dorsett. Dwayne Allen's a decent tight end. Frank Gore can catch the ball in the backfield. Am I scared that he's going to die midseason? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, Drew Brees might have been the better pick here, but I just think that with his weapons, Andrew Luck has a little bit more upside than Breeze. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all bounce back team because I got Eddie Lacy, I got Demarius Thomas and Andrew Luck who all kind of disappointed last season. So this is a interesting strategy. I usually don't go with, um, but I'm on, I'm off for about 10 more picks. So well, speaking of quarterbacks, so Ooh, these good the segue. Good these segue. Are, these guys that you just mentioned, these are like your second tier guys. But right. I think the guy that needs to be talked about moving up a little bit is Brock Osweiler. Okay. Um you know, I watched Houston the other day and was kind of we kind of felt like we knew that they were gonna be talented this year on offense. And he kind of was like the kid that's driving his dad's Ferrari and just yeah. don't wreck this thing. Right. I think he's got a pretty good handle on it. It may be like uh, Tony Stewart jumping in his first race car. Um, <laughs> the guy's just talented, right? No, but I, I do think they're going to have a, a pretty explosive offense this year, and he's got this, the arm strength to go deep, and he's got a couple guys that can take the top off at any moment with Thomas. And F- Will Fuller is a specimen um, right. going deep. You know, I don't know how many looks he's actually going to get per you know game, but those deep shots, you know, he gets two or, two or three of those. That's a 12-point, 14-point game just like that. Sure. I, obviously, the aforementioned DeAndre Hopkins, my, my first-round pick in this draft, is one of the best, most talented receivers they got. They also not only brought in Brock Osweiler in free agency, but they also brought in Lamar Miller, who's one of my favorite fantasy players this year. Will Fuller, deep ball threat, take the top off the defense. Braxton Miller... They're going to run him in the slot, which is pretty scary. He's a very, very talented, very athletic player. Jalen Strong was there from last year. Um, struggled as a rookie, but he did have a few games where he flashed. So they have some quality options. Tight end is a little bit of a – I'm not going to say it's a bad situation because we could potentially have starting tight end Ryan Griffin on the Never Ending Glory podcast here in the near future. Uh, shout out to London Dairy's Finest. Um so tight end is a work in progress, but he's young. They got CJ Fidiwarek or whatever his name is. He's young. Uh, Garrett Graham, I think, is still there. He's not great, but they have some decent pass catchers. Uh, I really like I really like Osweiler too. He, you got him late in our draft, didn't you? You got him like in the fourteenth round. Oh, I got like him really late. Yeah, right. yeah. He was like my thirteenth or fourteenth round pick. Right. So I think that was great value for him as your QB two. He's one of those guys who. You pick late in the draft as a high upside pick. It's a lotto ticket. If he plays well, it's like, kind of like Andy Dalton last year. If he plays well, great. Trade the guy that you, you drafted early on uh, for an asset here or there. So, um, yeah, I like that. The, the one player that I'm disappointed in, um, you know, Romo is always my guy. And, and we talked about Dak Prescott a little bit here. Romo is my go-to every year. It seemed like um, I won at least two or three championships with him as uh, the quarterback of my team. He's always undervalued. He's hurt. So we talked about Dak, Dak Prescott a little bit. Now, how does his role – I guess, where do you see him from a fantasy standpoint? Is he worth a pick? Is he worth – do you want to invest in him? Because Romo will be back, and when Romo comes back, you got to think it's his team, right? 
are we a hundred percent sure Romo's going to be back back? Like that's not a pun on his injury. That's just legit. <laughs> like is is he coming back a one hundred percent, or is this kind of like we're going to test it out after nine weeks to see where he's really feeling? Because you can't mess around this many times with a shoulder and a back and stuff and be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So right. use that as part of the guiding points to taking Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak Prescott is worth a starting spot on your team, but he's definitely a flyer guy, 12th, 13th round. Yeah. You know, cause he starts making some connections to the deep ball to Dez and, and, you know, racking up some points and then rushes for a couple, mm-hmm. you know, he moves up the boards pretty quickly. You know, what's interesting though. I actually just recently had a rookie only draft and he went 12th overall. 12th, 12th rookie even draft. after the injury news. Yes. After the Dak Prescott went 12th. Even after the injury news, I don't know if that's too low or too. That might be right about the right spot, though, because there's you know a couple of wide receivers that are going to play and, and make an impact early. Um, you know, just talking about Coleman Fuller, um, the kid from New York Giants, whose name is Sterling. What's his last name? You know, there's some uh, guys. Yeah, but you know what I mean. He's that might be the right spot for a quarterback that's not supposed to play, but is kind of thrown into it. Right. Right. Okay, so we'll get back to the quarterbacks in a second. Um, I got three picks until my turn, and Drew Brees is still there. So I'm a little mad. A little mad I could have probably taken Drew Brees here. But um, I I think I want to go running back here, and the reason why is it's starting to get pretty thin. And a player that's there that I'm very intrigued by, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on him, is Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead's available right now. Who else? What are the running backs are available? Just for comparisons. Sure, sure. So we got like Duke Johnson, Gio Bernard, um, Melvin Gordon, Frank Gore. Uh, well, I'd be saying I would scratch Melvin Gordon off my list immediately. Yeah, he, Melvin you know Gordon Melvin fan. Gordon has looked better, and um, with Brandon Oliver's torn, Brandon Oliver's torn Achilles, you could see the goal line work going back yeah. to um, going back to. Um, Gordon. Here's my thing with Danny Woodhead. I like him. He had 70-some-odd catches last year, but his points were very bunched. So, yes, he finished as a top-five running back, but he had like four or five games where he scored 20-plus points, and that's where the bulk of his points came from. So, if I'm drafting an RB2, I really want to get consistent points. And maybe you're just not going to get consistent points from the pass-catching back, well, I think out of that list for a pass catching back, you could get consistent points from either Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson. Yeah. Duke Johnson, yeah. I think, is going to be one of the main focal points of this offense. Hugh Jackson loved Gio Bernard, and I think Duke Johnson is basically the same player for him. Well, but the question is, can you, with the Browns struggling, you know, they won't be a great offense, they won't be dynamic, can you take Duke Johnson out of the game easily? No, because they have guys that can stretch the field vertically. I think Corey Coleman can do that, and I think if you have to worry about Terrell Pryor if he actually is going to play. But mm-hmm. when Josh Gordon comes back, you're going to have a lot of checkdown balls thrown to Duke Johnson. So, you know, gun to my head between the, that list of guys, I like Duke Johnson over Danny Woodhead this year. Now, how are you thinking about Duke Johnson versus Gio Bernard? That's where it gets interesting. Right. Right, I would I would, would have thought Gio Bernard would be taken before Duke Johnson. Hmm. So I'm on the clock right now, and I guess Burst is talking me away from Danny Woodhead. Now I'm looking at Duke Johnson or Gio Bernard. 
it's going to come down to, you know, what offense is better? Who's going to be a bigger part of the offense? I think this is tough because they both have their pros and cons. Gio Bernard's offense is going to be a lot of ball control with Jeremy Hill, and I'm a big Jeremy Hill fan this year. The Bengals are going to be trying to protect a lead. The other way to look at it is the AFC West defenses are way better against than the Chargers' offenses are. Offenses. It's true. It's very true. It's very true. I mean, you got the Chiefs' defense. You got the uh, Broncos' defense. They're way better than any San Diego offensive player. So with my sixth round pick, I took Duke Johnson Jr. from the Cleveland Browns. You will not regret it. <laughs> I can't guarantee that. Um, yep. So okay. Well, so so far, Andrew Luck, DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, Eddie Lee, Eddie Lacy, Duke Johnson, and Greg Olson round out my squad. Not bad. Not great. I've had better drafts before. Uh, I think that I'll have to definitely try to find some diamonds in the rough in order to uh, make the scene pretty competitive. But the good news is, is I was a little bit nervous about um, having, of taking Andrew Luck around too early. It ends up that Drew Brees went right before my pick. So pretty happy with that. Makes um, the answer for you then. It's true. It's very true. I was thinking so, you would have gone to Colin Kaepernick, really. I thought maybe you take a, <laughs> a real reach and you want to, you know, a real stand-up guy for your team. Stand-up. Is that a pun as well? Yes. Joke. <laughs> now you know what's up so real quick and, and we're going to wrap this up in a second but we're talking about quarterbacks and, and teddy bridgewater tore his acl um dislocated his kneecap which sounds so painful so right now the vikings are stuck in, in a quarterback quandary do they stick with sean hill who is their incumbent right now their backup running back or quarterback do they bring in a guy like matt castle who knows the offense or do they take a risk on a guy like kaepernick I read some something today where a GM came out and just was scalding hot takes about how Colin Kaepernick shouldn't be in the league and 90 to 95% of the GMs wouldn't want them on his, on his team. If you're the Vikings and you're a competitive team that could win the AFC North, do you bring in a player like Colin Kaepernick knowing that he doesn't have to do too much because he has Adrian Peterson lining up behind him? I don't know if the whole doing too much thing fits his role. Um, he's... You know, don't forget he's still one of the fastest NFL quarterbacks in the league. Right. He's more of that dynamic player, you know, move him around and stuff like that. But if you're just having him turn around and hand the ball off like he did when um, he was with the 49ers when they made their Super Bowl run, you know, that's kind of what their, their MO was. But they also had a monster offensive line with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me if I have to take a flyer on getting him or maybe looking elsewhere in the you know depths of some of those other rosters, I mean – uh, truthfully, I, I I think the PR nightmare might be a little bit too much for me to handle. Leslie Frazier, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Leslie Frazier. Um, Mike Zimmern seems like a pretty no nonsense guy. Yeah. Um, I don't see him one to say, you know what? Let's bring this young man in and uh, <laughs> see what he can do. I think he's going to say, I'm not putting up with that shit. I don't want him on my team. You know, if if he thinks he's got a right to his opinion, which he totally does, but and but he doesn't agree with it, then you can't do that. Like it's just going to bring in a lot of headaches for the team. And yeah. I think with the the base of that, um, the the basis of that offense is around Peterson. They've already had some PR nightmares 
They right. don't need something else, you know, thrown into the mix. So there's guys out there that they could pick up. You know, guys are going to get cut that you know could make the team, make the team, and help them out. You know, is Brian Hoyer going to make this squad for the Bears? We'll see him. We're going to see him against the Browns on Thursday. It's going to be a God, big home. It's going to be a big homecoming. But he, you know, he's really good at <laughs> turning around and handing the ball off to a good running back. True. So, Very true. Very true. I don't know. I think. I think that. Um, Listen, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, I'm just kind of keep my mouth shut because listen, no, I understand he's not you want to do that though. He's not right, he's doubling right. down. But I just, it's it's just mind blowing because it's one thing if like you know he's he's a starting quarterback in the NFL and he doesn't have to worry about his job security, but you're already on the verge of being cut. And you know while and I'm not going to get into politics or anything like that because that's not my forte. And while I applaud you for standing up for what you feel is right sometimes maybe do it a different way, <laughs> you know, try not to put the national spotlight on you because, you know, we looked at, we seen Muhammad Abdul Rauf back in the day and he was pretty much shunned from the NBA after he refused to stand up for the, for the national anthem. Right. Now a guy on the verge of being shunned from the NFL for not being good at football is being shunned because he's not, you know, standing up for the national anthem. It's just, it's just, Football very, is one of the fairest true. games out there. The best players play, and that's right. it. And if you have something you can do that's very special, they'll find a way to get you on the field. Right. If you can't get on the field, it's because 99 times out of 100, it's because you're just not good enough. But if there's the reason you're not playing is that plus you've right. got you know, extra stuff going on, then I don't, know what to, I don't know what to do with you. As a coach, Like I have no idea what to do with this guy. He's not helping my team in any way, shape, or form. He's probably going to get cut. Let's be honest. Yes. So well, they they do owe him eleven point nine million dollars, regardless, or maybe it's like seventeen point nine, some obscene amount of money. Well, uh, sell hey, some jeans, you know. Levi's gives him that money, man. <laughs> Tom Brady watch. Tom Brady just went seventieth overall in this draft, so a pretty pretty fair spot for him, I'd say. That's sixth round. That's not bad at all. I think it's very good value for him. But yeah. Jerry, let's wrap this up. Um, we got to rest up for our Megapod coming up next week. Yes, like stay said, tuned. We're going to have Sean and Mark on, uh, the two brothers raised by, raised by Wolves, on to talk all things NFL, all things fantasy. Uh, we're going to have a ton of content for you guys as we get into this fantasy season and NFL regular season. I'm pretty excited for it. I know Jerry's excited for it. Oh, yeah. Check us out on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, love us, rate us, tell all your friends. Send us emails, negpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, check us out on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com, and I'll be I'll be sure to uh, publish the results of this draft once we're done. Um, but so far, so decent. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B minus so far, and I think that's due to uh, what technical difficulties. A and, little uh, bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> so, Are you okay physically? Did you make it? I'm physically. <laughs> I did almost roll my ankle trying to reset my internet. That's always fun. So, uh, Jer, rest up. Get ready for the the big megapod, and we'll talk soon, bud. All right, sounds good. I'll talk to you later. Good luck in your See draft. You. Thank you.